to withdraw U.S. troops from U.S. troops from Syria. Okay, there's another headline. I suppose we ought to get to, into at some point. And the Pentagon uh, responded by saying, uh, "What now?" So, well, that's all right. it's leadership, right? right? Mm-hmm. He was the first with that news. <laughs> Plus, you could. Use a number of different uh, words and terms in the headline or the story we're going to talk to you about in a few minutes. <sighs> Family of eight, six children killed in bizarre murder suicide. Six kids. Social justice warrior, lesbian couple, child abusers drive off a cliff. With six adopted children in their car. Oh, that's rough. Unspeakable inhumanity. Um, But, uh, you know, I have no desire to whip it up or make it about politics. It's just a very strange story. Anyway, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, There's all sorts of stuff. I'm reading more about that coffee case. It's, 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 It's horrendous. It's astounding. It's terrifying. It's everything that's wrong with America. Everything that's wrong with America. Everything. Fantastic. Everything. Hmm. From from uh, uh, an over-litigious society to idiot juries to the to, to designated hitter rule. Hmm. Just everything that's wrong with America is in this stupid, stupid court case. Next hour, a reporter who is at the Stefan Clark funeral, and we'll talk to him about what that uh, that whole... I'm, I almost said show, that's uh, insensitive. I almost said spectacle, that's closer, but still probably insensitive. It, yeah, was, it was a funeral. Yeah. But it was, well, it was, it was a lot of things. Yeah, it was a lot of things, yeah. So, on the topic of fatal shootings and um, the narrative that black men are being targeted by police or shot in disproportionate numbers... I'm going to hit you with some statistics, and, and some of you are going to be a little bit ahead of me, and because there are literally numbers behind the numbers. But the Washington Post went to an extraordinary amount of time and trouble to compile a database on fatal poli- police shootings because I think the feds are starting now to really compile police pulling the trigger in a systematic way. They haven't until recently, which a lot of people, including me, were surprised by, but... Since 2015, there have been 3,209 fatal police shootings. It's a lot. So oh. they don't, I'm guessing they don't have the numbers for so far this year. Uh, no. So that would be 15, 16, 17, three full years? You could probably get them. Yeah. And it's about 9,000, is that what you Yeah, said? that number's astounding to me. I'm, I'm reading from somebody else's summary. I almost want to see the raw numbers myself because I'm, I'm trying surprised to figure out how many a number. year across this whole country. That's still a lot. Yeah, that's a thousand a year. That's extraordinary. Not not dead, just shootings. Uh, fatal shootings. Fatal shootings. Okay, dead. Oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. Yeah, fatal police shootings. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I'm As gonna... the police chief of Sacramento told us yesterday, most policemen never fire their gun in their whole career. Yeah. Fatal police shootings. Okay. Um, I'm going to come up with that database just to make absolutely sure of these numbers, but, um. of the suspects did not have a firearm. Now, I will tell you this. Dang dang close to half didn't have a firearm. Right. Now, plenty of them had other deadly weapons um, because they they drilled way down on these numbers. Um, uh, They mentioned uh, 14 have been fatally shot while armed with a baseball bat. 
One was armed with a bottle, another with a fire poker. So they really get into the weapons. But uh, 772 black suspects have been fatally shot. That's interesting. So you shoot a guy with a with a broken bottle, which is essentially a knife. Yeah. But um, hmm. well, it doesn't make clear that it was broken, Jack. It might have been used as a bludgeon. Back to you. Sure. Okay, you shoot a guy dead with a baseball bat. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you'd do that. Uh, that well, you could kill somebody with a baseball well, bat. Of and course plenty you could. Of, plenty of days. I'm just working toward this punchline. Plenty of days I've been tempted. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> wow, that's a hell of a punchline. Yeah, you know. Hell of a mine for humor you've gone into. <laughs> um, Funny stuff. Hey, yeah. there are hazards in mining, Michael. Funny stuff. Uh, you don't tase them. You don't whatever. I don't know. So, uh, let's see, where was I? Okay, 772 black suspects have been fatally shot, um, and that is uh, 24% of the total. 42% of those did not have a firearm. That is uh, precisely the same percentage, well, almost the same percentage of all suspects who did not have a firearm. It's actually slightly less, 42 as opposed to 44 uh, 2,086 white or Hispanic suspects have been fatally shot, of whom 40% did not have a firearm. So all those numbers are consistent. That's, that's interesting, because I, I, I can see the argument you would make as the police. A guy's got a, 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 a bat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I understand the argument you would make, but just in my own mind, maybe it's the problem with my own mind. If a guy's in my house and has a bat and I've got a gun... I would, I wouldn't automatically immediately think I can shoot this guy, because just because he doesn't have a gun, he's got a bat. It just it just seems like I don't know, uh, asymmetric or something like that. Sure, I would, I suppose, yeah. at some point, but it wouldn't automatically. And I'm sorry, where is the guy in this scenario? In my house. Oh, or I'm just I... in a situation wherever I've got a gun and he's got a bat. There's only one reason he's got a bat, and that's to hurt people. You know, he's not playing baseball. So well, I understand. Okay, are you presenting this to a well, two-year-old? Opening or day what? was day was yesterday. No, I'm just not sure. <laughs> I, I understand asymmetry, but are you saying uh, maybe I missed what you said? If there's a guy with a bat in your house, I oh, think he's here to, to kill. Take everybody. it out of my house. Okay, we're, we're on the street. We're we're having a dust up. Okay, he's got a bat. I've got a gun. Yes, I, I wouldn't automatically think. And again, it could be I could be just wrong on this. Maybe everybody else would immediately think. I get to shoot the guy. Center of mass, bluey bluey. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I would if a guy was going to hit me on the head with a bat, but I, I'd be more hesitant than if they had a gun. Certainly. Oh yeah, that I can see that. I just yeah, like two percent more hesitant. Um, in my case, I just I don't know. Maybe I've seen too many bat someone. beatings. Well, I've had people come after me with bats. It's unpleasant. Um, they didn't hit me, thank God. Why someone come after you with a bat? It was a put, brawl at a baseball put, game. Put down your piece of paper and now tell the story about all the times people have come at you with bats, because those are good stories. Well, no, no, it's not all the times. It was once in a giant baseball okay. game at a gang-ridden part of Chicagoland. These guys came out of the dugouts with bats. <laughs> we thought, holy heads, it's on, and grabbed bats ourselves. And luckily, cooler heads prevailed. You don't have multiple but, stories of people coming after you with bats? Okay. Well, ask me again by the end of the day. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So uh, where were we? Ah, yes. Uh, My attempt at a careful analysis of what's happening to to bring racial harmony in America, Mm. if 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 I may. So um, so anyway, the the numbers of unarmed suspects or not gun wielding suspects who were shot by police is consistent across race. Black suspects represented twenty four percent of the total who were shot. 
Um, white, Hispanic, 65%, etc. Um, and black suspects, according to the latest FBI statistics, represented 28% of violent crime arrests. So you could argue that the number of people shot is actually... Uh, underrepresentative of the percentage of, of people of various races involved in violent crimes or arrested for violent crimes. Now, I made reference earlier to people getting ahead of me, and I know some of you are saying and or shouting, well, that's because black people are targeted more by law enforcement and arrested more for violent crimes, et cetera, et cetera, disproportionate of their race, to which other people would yell, well, that's because black people commit more crimes. There are more black criminals proportionally than there are white criminals. And then people start shouting back and forth about racism and economic opportunity and dependence on the government and the welfare state and blah, blah, blah. The family. They're the family. Exactly. Thank you. Any discussion of race, crime, economics, poverty, etc. that does not include the crumbling of the family is a useless discussion. You give me a neighborhood. You You have come at me with the bat of logic. You give me a neighborhood with few intact families and few fathers. I don't care what color the skin is. You're going to have a lot of problems. Right, right. Well, and as I said yesterday, or I'm sorry, it was earlier this morning. Um, if you want uh, reams of information about fatherlessness in America, visit our nation's prisons or your state's prisons or your county jail. You'll find out everything you need to know about intact families and fatherlessness. Nobody wants to talk about that. So, um, Kevin from beautiful Placerville in California, who compiled a bunch of these statistics, summarized the database from the WAPO, which I'm looking at right now, says it's a crime thing, not a race thing. That is undeniable. The New York Times came to the same conclusion not long ago, having studied the question exhaustively. But then you have to get to the underlying sociological questions, which is where people part company but as jack pointed out earlier this um killing of this uh stefan is it clark it's funny i can't keep everybody's name in mind um it's not clearly anything it's not clearly murder by police or unjustified it's incredibly unfortunate because the dude did not have a weapon right so he was not uh he certainly wasn't a deadly threat at that point. No, but if the cops honestly believed he was, given all the other circumstances, I understand how that tragedy occurred. And it's one of those tragedies where there's just no justice to be had because there was no specific injustice. Unless you want to say their police training was terrible or they'd conspired in advance or whatever, but you got to make that case. Well, right. And you have to, you have to take the, to, uh, if you're going to get into the protests and the things Al Sharpton said yesterday and all that, you have to take it past bad training and everything like that to we specifically wanted to shoot somebody or, or, or shot him because he was black. That right. played a role. Including you have to the get black there. cop who was, uh, you know, one of the guys who shot uh, Stefan Clark. You have to get there because that's the point of the protests, right? Right. That it's about. Being black, yeah. and I, I don't know, how, I don't know how you prove that, especially in this case. There are, uh, you know, and listen, I, uh, you know, as a, a human being with a living soul and a libertarian and, and a person who loves the country and loves the idea of liberty, I don't want anybody hurt by the police unjustifiedly ever of any race. It's an outrage against everything this country is. Um, 
On the other hand, I will say this to uh, to my friends who are fired up over this, friends of color, whatever. Being fired up and righteous is enough in some communities. You carry the day. You win the argument. If you want actual change, though, unless you have a logical appeal, unless you can explain what went wrong here and what should have happened and how we can prevent it in the future, all you're doing is letting off steam. This president has not uttered one word, not tweeted one time, other than to tell police to be rough when they're arresting people. So, uh, thank you, Reverend Al. Um, well, well, yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't respond to Al because he's a charlatan, right? Right. Um, yeah, the righteous sadness of the family, for instance. But the movement is real, and there are, there are millions of people across this country that believe the police are targeting black people, right, for an opportunity to kill them. If if you believe that. If you actually believe that's happening, just just as a matter of accomplishing your goals, you've got to pick more solid cases than this one. Yeah, you just have to. Yeah, it's it gets back to the the Rosa Parks thing. Rosa Parks wasn't the person that got denied sitting where she wanted to on the bus, and she was far from the first person to say no way. Right, but they they chose somebody with a clean record. You know, a, um, um, a sympathetic person in every way to make the cause for. Because right. that really helps your argument, and you and you got to do that with one of these shootings. You got to pick the right case. And listen, everybody grieves differently. I don't know what's going on with the the brother of the the gentleman who was shot, but Rosa Parks did not dance and yell and swear and grab mics away from mayors either. She was dignified and righteous at every moment, and it's that's important if you're going to change minds and and move policy. But you know. It's my advice. Feel free to uh, take it or more likely ignore it. So is this thing, this one over, more or less, do you think? Oh, and now we're, we're putting on our news hats, uh, probably. I mean, mostly. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, yeah, if, if, if it was a movie, it's, it's into the denouement, as we say in literature, where every, everybody kind of settles and chuckles and moves on with their lives or cries or whatever, but the, the, the main part of it is over. Well, we will revisit it uh, next hour. We're going to talk to a reporter that was at the funeral yesterday, and we'll get some perspective on that, but we've got some other things we've got to cover. Uh, Russia, as part of their response to us kicking their diplomats out of the country, fired off a nuclear missile yesterday, tested a new missile as a kind of a show of strength. All right, Pooler. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Good Friday earlier in the show. It's it's on my mind, but my kids do not go to uh, Sunday school and are completely unaware of the whole thing, and I feel guilty about that. And uh, anyways, that's my own problem. But we got the Easter Bunny coming on Sunday. We do do that. Mm. I just said doo doo, and um, which so, is what the Easter Bunny leaves. Yeah, doo doo wrapped in foil. Probably reaching close to the end for the eight year old of the Easter Bunny being a thing. Mm. I'm guessing. You know, uh, delicious uh, sweets are still a thing, though. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and the six-year-old's very excited about the Easter Bunny coming, and of course, it will be a tremendous amount of work, and it'll be another one of those late nights for the parents getting everything ready and and out there. And they'll be up at like four o'clock in the morning, and the 
in the in the pitch black. Oh boy. I'll be trying to convince them to go back to sleep. But that's what you do. Just so you can eat a bunch of candy in the morning and feel sick all day long. Oh boy. Ah, the traditions. And then and then getting back to my own problems. Um, there will be a lot of candy in the house that I need to try to not walk by and say, ah, one of these little bags of M&M's that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> what is there, like six M&M's in there? That couldn't hurt anything. Yeah, we just went with the little chocolate eggs, scattered them around, had a hunt. The big kids had helped the little kid. It was fun. It was festive. You didn't get the plastic things you pull apart, you put candy inside? We did. We did for a while, but after a while, not so much because, you know, eh. We've you know it. what? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot of grunting, but no. Uh, we need transition music or something. I don't know. I just I, I was going to make a joke, but I thought it was incredibly inappropriate. In you know, given what we're about to talk about. Mm. No, 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 no. This is our. That is our serious to funny. Yeah, that transitions transition from serious to funny. The other one transitions from lighthearted to more serious. Right. There you go. This is perfect. Cleanse your mind of what I don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah, right. I have no memory of it whatsoever. All right, you can turn it off now. Turn it off. So uh, I can't even remember what uh, what town in Southern California was it that um, that bizarro religious fundamentalist uh, family was living where they had the kids imprisoned. Oh, right. And and yet they were neglecting, abusing, etc. And yet they had. Photos of them all in Las Vegas, at like an Elvis themed wedding I'd, thing. And, I'd, the news cycle is so crazy. I'd completely yeah. forgotten about that story. Yeah, that was yeah. fairly recently, too. Well, here's another one. And, you know, maybe there's some sociological uh, significance to this. I don't know. This is a social justice warrior lesbian couple with six adoptive children. Uh, active in social justice causes and marches. Their son, their adoptive son, Devante, had uh, become a viral figure uh, during a big rally in 2014 in, I believe, Portland. He was the little boy seen hugging a cop. Maybe you remember that. Um, there are regulars at festivals, events, rallies, uh, Bernie Sanders fans, blah, blah, blah. Um, they were also child abusers, starvers, and torturers, according to a paper trail now being looked at. And apparently, Jennifer and Sarah Hart, the couple, committed murder-suicide of themselves and their six children God. by driving off a cliff in Northern California. God, that's brutal. Yeah. Three days after Child Protective Services had visited their home in Woodland, Washington, which is a suburb of Portland. Well, the jig was up. They realized they were going to get caught as monsters. So so they killed everybody? Well, they're obviously crazy people. Yeah, no kidding. The kids were regulars in the neighborhood, pounding on doors, begging for food. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez, that's an awful story. Who wants to think about that in the morning? It's nobody. Crazy. Let's do Marshall's News coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. A variety of things we need to get to before we come up. Um, I was going to check the text line, see if there's anybody blasting me for doing the whole Easter egg thing. I know for a lot of people that's not cool, right? The candy and stuff on Easter. Yeah, well, we did both when I was a kid. Went to church. And did the Easter thing. 
right? Yeah. My kids are almost completely unaware. We actually talked about it last night at the dinner table a little bit. They're almost completely unaware of the Christianity aspect of it, which mm-hmm. I'm not proud of or happy about. But that's what I've done. Well, feel free to write your adamant emails about saving Jack's soul and those of his children. I'll pass them along joyfully. No, you know, it's interesting. Don't. I'm less concerned about their soul than I am them just fully understanding what drives a lot of Western civilization. Right. From a you know context standpoint. Right. There you go. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the family of Stephon Clark filing a federal lawsuit over his death in that Sacramento police shooting. Lawyer for the Clark family telling CBS they plan to file the suit as soon as today. Clark was unarmed when two officers shot him to death earlier this month. Now, Clark's family is also going to be holding a presser around 1030 this morning. They're going to release the findings of an independent autopsy. Next hour, Armstrong and Getty, you're going to be talking with the, one of the reporters who was at the Clark funeral, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, the only point in releasing the autopsy is that it will uh, renew the outrage. The guy was shot a bunch of times. We know what he died of. It caused devastating external and internal injuries. That's what you die from. Um, I'm not sure what the point is. Information just coming out this morning. U.S. defense officials are saying that one of two troops with the U.S.-led coalition that was killed in Syria was an American. It was a roadside bomb attack in Syria. What is any American hoping to accomplish in Syria? Wow. President. I suppose you're you're chasing down some specific ISIS or Al-Qaeda group, maybe? Yeah, yeah, and just trying to be part of the outcome in the region. So it's not entirely run by Russia and Iran. President Trump appeared to signal the withdrawal, though, very soon of U.S. troops from Syria, surprising the Pentagon and the State Department. He was telling a crowd in Ohio during his speech on infrastructure spending. We're knocking the hell out of ISIS. We'll be coming out of Syria, like, very soon. Let the other people take care of it now. Very soon. White and House. that is either a policy he is going to uh, push forward, or he hasn't. He won't think about it again. And he just said it off the top of his head. I don't know which. Keeping him guessing. Hmm? And the, by mm, I mean everyone. The Secretary of Defense. Right. <laughs> Among others. White House is saying that Russia's expulsion of 60 American diplomats was not unanticipated, and the U.S. will deal with it. Moscow retaliating against Western countries who took action following the poisoning of an ex-Russian spy. The Russian ambassador to the U.S. telling NBC's Today Show his country was not involved with the attack. Do we have motive to kill him on the eve of a Russian presidential election? Do you? Of course not. Where is motive? I could give you three. This is all so childish. He Who's said four. He said, where is motive? Where is yeah. motive, yes. Yeah. Send a message to anybody else who's going to be a double agent. Or who's thinking about it. Send a message to dissidents all over the world. Send a message to your own media. Plus, it seems like a ballsy, ass-kicking move to the Russian people who consider this guy a traitor. Shall I go on there, Russian gent, whoever you were? Russia's foreign ministry said it's summoning foreign ambassadors to inform them of the retaliation. So one by one, the ambassadors are uh, meeting in Moscow to learn uh, how many of their people are going to be kicked out. Now, we have an Easter listicle. An Easter listicle. What are the best and worst candies to get in your Easter basket? Shall we start out with the worst? Well, yeah, I suppose. Let's see. How, many, how long is this list? Ten. Ten? Well, that's quite a few. Oh. Do we, how about five? 
Can we do five? How about the five worst? All right. Uh, I mean, you know who wants the, to hear the oh. ninth worst candy you can give your kids? You don't want to hear the best? Oh, the, oh, yeah. the best and There's worst. There's five worst, five oh, best. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. All right. Here no, we go. No candy for me. The <laughs> Easter Bunny will crap. No rewards for me this year. <laughs> he craps out the candy? Yes. <laughs> he or she. <laughs> we'll go from moderately bad to worst, okay? All right. Mini Cadbury eggs. Jelly beans. Now, I like jelly beans, but they are not regarded uh, very highly these days. You mean they're not actually beans? <laughs> my, my kids are they're jelly okay. Jelly legumes. <laughs> they, they're like, eh, on jelly beans. They'll eat really? them. But, yeah. All right. Another one of the worst. Big Cadbury eggs. Got mini Cadbury eggs and big Cadbury Why? eggs. Why? Because they're bigger? Kids don't like them as much as uh, like adult women do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those things exist for moms, <laughs> not kids. Your kid doesn't want one. Next to and moms know it. <laughs> Next to worst candy to get in an Easter basket, malted milk eggs. Okay. My kids don't like the malted milk ball thing either. I got some of those recently because they came up in conversation. Right. My kids were like, you ate these when you were a kid? <laughs> I didn't even like them as a kid. <laughs> Funny. Oh. All right, and the worst candy to find in your Easter basket, white chocolate. Anything mm. made nice. of a white yeah, chocolate. I understand. I don't like yeah. it either. All right, now for the best. For the best. From the medium best to the very best. And this is Carrots. a candy. Carrots. Kale. <laughs> Quinoa. We're talking candy. Oh, I see. Not vegetables. All right, the worst, or the one of the best, is regarded uh, as Peeps. Peeps is regarded as one of the best. My peeps, delicious, an art form. I love Peeps. I've never had a Peep in my life, oh and my, my children God. have never even seen one. Well, Wait. see, it's on the list of best. So, yes. wow. It's wow. a sick and nice parenting. I hate Peeps. <laughs> I do, too. Oh, Maybe I should buy so some. They're good when they're fresh. They're good when they're stale. They're good in between. <laughs> peeps. <laughs> And they're good in the microwave. Oh, yeah. All right, next next uh, up on the uh, best candies list, gummy candies. Any kind of gummy yeah, candy. Kids yep. love those. Turn oh, your for fillings you. right out of your oh, head. Oh, yeah. Pastel-covered M&Ms are next in the list. The pastel M&Ms. Yes. M&Ms are good candy if you just want to eat candy. Second best Easter candy, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Eggs. Mm. Never had Delish. one of those. Okay. All right, is this nutritionally or just like yummy? Yummy. yummy. Kids are it's happy just... to see them in their industry. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Nutritionally. All right. And the best candy to have in an Easter basket, giant chocolate bunnies. Yeah. Oh, Got to have yeah. one of those. Oh, yeah. Hollow or solid? Yeah, it's the big decision every year. I remember one year. Yeah. One year I got a solid bunny. And for the rest of my life, I'd see a bunny and hope it was solid. It was never solid Ooh. again. The power of expectations, my friends. Hmm. One last note. Armstrong and Getty executive producer Anton was shocked by the news that Cameron Diaz is done making movies. Cameron Diaz is out? Yep. Entertainment Weekly reports the 45-year-old actress says she is officially retired. Yeah, she's one of the more annoying people in Hollywood as far as I'm concerned. On so. Earth. Yeah. Are you kidding? Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Bye. They're making hot chicks who can act a little bit every single day. And they're younger than you, so they Hollywood likes them better. Ooh. Right. That's a wrap. Get the hell out of here! That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Thank you, Squawky. You know, it's funny. We uh, During the 9 o'clock hour, we have, uh, the just because the news is off, the uh, Kelly Ripa and what's-his-name Seacrest show. Yeah. And they'll interview two, three, four hot young starlets every single show. Bring them up there in their short skirts on the high stool right. and the rest of it. 
And, you know, listen, I, I, I'm still really into music. I enjoy movies as an art form. You know, I watch some TV, blah, 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 blah. But the being fascinated with the latest hot chick on the scene just seems like the most ridiculous thing the American the, the uh, uh, America does. I can't imagine what I was thinking as a youngster. I can't imagine what they're thinking now. We're now going to interview a really hot girl who's in movies. Great. There's a million of them. You know how I know? This is the millionth one you've interviewed this month. A couple of legal developments for you. One in the Stormy Daniels case that's uh, recent and one in the Pulse nightclub shooting case. Do you remember that tragedy? Oh, yeah. Uh, legal development there. A couple of things. Then we're going to talk to a reporter who was at the big funeral in Sacramento yesterday. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. About 30... 30- You know, I was at a Laker game the Wednesday prior, and I was watching the team, the Laker girls, and I was asking myself, why can't I be down there? I've choreographed for girls who dance on pro teams. I've danced with girls on various pro teams, so I just thought, why not me? Like, why can't I do this? So I called my friend Raquel, and I asked her when auditions were for the Rams, and she told me Sunday, and I showed up, and we're here. So you got a couple of dudes who tried out to be cheerleaders for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I don't. I don't quite understand. I don't think the when I first heard the story, I thought, "Oh, is this a thing? Are NFL teams deciding they need some guy cheerleaders?" But I think they just showed up for tryouts. Mm. So, are these guys? Um, are they? Uh, are either one of these guys? Um, oh no, they, you know, are they? they uh, skilled dancers? Are they gay? Is that what you're asking? Yes. No, I, I, no I, I, they're skilled. I I'm asking, are they skilled dancers? The LA Rams are set to break NFL ground by becoming the first team to have male performers on its cheerleading squad. Okay, so they specifically, they are going to do that. A guy named Quentin, a guy named Napoleon, among the 76 finalists who auditioned for the 40-member spirit team. So they're finalists. Okay. Something um, tells me in LA they'll go ahead and hire them just because it'll get press. Well, you know my position on this. It's... Uh, I'm, I think the whole cheerleader thing is dumb in professional sports. I don't think it. I don't think it matters much in NBA games. It really doesn't matter in NFL games because <laughs> unless you have like front row seats, and even then you can barely see them from where you are. So I don't understand what the point of it is. They I just saw... really fit the bill to be L.A. Rams cheerleaders. More than qualified, energy. They're magnetic. You can't take their eyes off of them. I'll bet I can. <laughs> well, the the question would be, why are the cheerleaders there? I guess for guys who. Want to uh, stare at young hot women? I guess. Yes. I, I don't know anybody who's and to lead cheers. So they're in the name. How would you know when to cheer without a bunch of model slash dancers <laughs> to instruct you? Yeah, the whole thing has always seemed weird to me. But um, I saw the the New Orleans Saints Saint Sensations. I think is called their their cheerleading team, mm. and. They've got a lawsuit going. I didn't quite understand Instagram something. The team said they couldn't, whatever. I didn't, I don't know, didn't understand it. But one of the rules they have for the Saints cheerleaders is if you ever enter a bar restaurant and there's an NFL player already there, you have to leave. Wow. And somebody was complaining about that. Wow. Part of their protocol for some reason to try to keep the players and the cheerleaders separate from each other. You don't want them fornicating, Jack. That's the long (laughs) and short of it. Because you know where that'll lead. 
And by not allowing them to be in the same restaurant, you're going to stop that from happening? Exactly. Exactly. You've got to build a high wall, constantly be on guard. Mm -hmm. We have breaking news, breaking news, Michael. If you could slap uh, Brandon on the high knee. He's used to Sean's gentle touch, so be careful. He will kick. Like a breaking news donkey. The wife of the Orlando nightclub uh, cowardly murderer has been acquitted by a jury. She had been um, on trial for providing material support, um, aiding and abetting her husband. She knew what he was up to. She drove him around to possible sites of slaughtering innocent people. She had faced life in prison if she was convicted. She was found not guilty by a jury of her peers. There you go. Yeah. So they got a unanimous verdict. How much time have I got, Michael? I can do it in this amount of time. So I don't know how many of you know who Don Imus is. Joe mentioned him yesterday. He's a legendary radio host. If you've never heard of him, though, he's not legendary to you. But he was, uh, he's in, been in New York for, God, 30 years or something like that. Syndicated, you know, large part of the country sure. for a while. But I don't yeah. know what you've listened to and what you haven't. Maybe right. you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. But anyway. Super famous radio guy. He was a big deal in uh, the world of radio. And uh, he retired slash got booted. And so his last show was yesterday. And um, he said a number of things, including I'm the greatest person that's ever been on the radio, which is a heck of a statement to make. He said that yesterday. Yeah. On his Decided to go out braggadocious. Yeah, he okay. said, I know this in my heart. I've always thought this. There's nobody. There's been nobody on the radio better than me, and I mean that. It's an interesting thing to say on your last day on the job. But anyway, uh, I wanted to get to this. Especially when it's not clearly true. And he said, and I quote, I, 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 I quote him. He said, I wrote this down, and I want you to remember this. We were neither, ne- neither dissuaded nor diminished by the intellectually, morally, and ethically crippled losers. The likes of a racist, bigoted, civil rights charlatan... Or the insecure, envious shock jock, all howling in a chorus of like-minded yapping mutts, lost in the dust of the caravan, rolling by on the road to greatness. Um, wow, that would be Al Sharpton and Howard Stern. That would huh? be Al. Now, him. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. Howard Stern and Don Imus have had a battle forever. I don't know if you saw the Howard Stern movie or whatever. They hate each other, and so that's Imus feeling like he needs to get, take a shot at Howard Stern on the way out the door. Wow. Not not surprising, I guess. But the shot at Al Sharpton, I thought, was interesting. Because Don Imus, if you do, if you've never heard his show, the reason you might know him is he got into this big political flap for saying some really mean things about some young black women mm-hmm. several years back. Yeah. And to try to get back in good graces and keep his radio show, he had Al Sharpton on a whole bunch of times. To instruct him on racial sensitivity. Right. Essentially. Really, and really yeah. groveled to <laughs> Al Sharpton, which I found sickening. Yeah. I can't believe he did it. If I was as rich as Don Imus, I would have retired before I would have ever done that. Yeah. But I mean, he just groveled to Al Sharpton, the please forgive me, I'm not a bad person stuff. I mean, yeah. I just thought it was sickening. Well, and then especially because he'd gone to Rutgers, right? And apologized at length, four hours, tearfully, and specifically to the young women, and said it was wildly out of line, and he regretted it the minute it came out of his mouth, and he can't apologize enough, blah, 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 blah. But he had Al Sharpton on his radio show repeatedly, and just, like I said, groveled, which I found disgusting. And then yesterday he said, uh, he called him an intellectually moral and ethically crippled loser, racist, bigoted, civil rights charlatan, which is completely accurate by the way sure but i just think it's interesting that when it was uh, helpful to him 
he thought getting Al in his good graces would, uh, or being in Al's good graces would save his career. He was willing to go along with Al as some arbiter of all that is good and right with race relations. Right. And clearly didn't believe it at all. And he waited till the last segment of the last show to level that blast. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weak. And I'm Say a- it on Monday if you're last week, and let's have some fun. Come on. Wow, that's, you know, listen. And one of the reasons I bring it up is we're going to talk to somebody who was at the big funeral in Sacramento yesterday where Al Sharpton spoke as the arbiter of all that is good and right with race relations. You know, I tell you what, between the two of us, we got plenty of crazy in us. But, you know, on our last day, I imagine we'll say it's been a hell of a lot of fun and an honor. You know, we'll miss you. You'll miss us. God bless us, everyone. I don't have no need to take any shots at anybody. Some of your a-holes. There you go. There's a shot. I'm not going to think of you again. I'm going to go paddle my kayak. If I'm healthy enough, I'll play a little golf. If not, I'll just strum a guitar. I certainly, thank God, at this point, don't have anybody I'm pretending to respect who I uh, uh, deep down think is awful. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, well, the Charlotte yeah, Panel Sharp Life's too short. He spoke in Sacramento, and we're going to talk to a reporter who was at that really interesting event on so many different levels. That's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. There is a delicate